Saturday at 7 a.m. and 2 p.m. Learn more at scwealthadvisors.com. Listen to AM560 The Answer online at 560theanswer.com on the AM560 mobile app, on your Alexa-powered smart speaker, and on TuneIn, iHeart. Unemployment tipped up, ticked up in August, and that's good, question mark, rooting against employment, particularly when uh, the American worker shortage continues. 187,000 jobs in August versus the 170,000 expected, but then you heard on the news at the top of the hour, revising down the number of jobs created in June and July by 110,000. I don't know what this all means. Does anybody? Um, You did have uh, some review of the small business environment. James Freeman in his uh, monthly conversation with Chief Economist William Dunkelberg at the National Federation of Independent Businesses. 40% of all NFIB owners, small business owners, reported job openings they could not fill in the current period, which is down two points from July, and the lowest since February of 2021. So fewer small business owner operators looking for workers, but still sort of, it's sort of a stasis really when you run the numbers that uh, Dunkelberg details in uh, Jim Freeman's Best of the Web column over at the Journal. So the American worker shortage continues, and we sort of continue muddling on, and the irrepressible markets continue to tick up. Futures are up this morning, I saw. What does it all mean? Where are we going? No one knows, except maybe Jim Perry, who's the founder and CIO of Perry International Capital Partners. He joins us now. Jim, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Good morning, Dan. Thank you. All right, so, uh, you know, all these numbers and uh, you pour over the charts and graphs. So tell us what's happening, what we should do, where we should hide, that sort of thing. Right. Well, to your point, you know, um, the job growth in the country is slowing. um, And small businesses tend to be most exposed to employment situations on a short-term basis. Uh, There is a shortage of workers out there. The labor participation rate is still 62.8, which is meaning, you know, almost 40% of the people that could be working are not working. And I think the number of jobs were um, in activity pre-pandemic were still probably lower by 3 million jobs, I would say. Um, We got 187 Last month, uh, that's a little bit above estimates, but it's slowing. And I think this has been the Fed's game plan, you know, raise rates um, high enough to slow the economy so that uh, the unemployment rate goes up so that we can get inflation down. So we're still we're still doing the same things that we've and having the same conversation we've been having for the last 18 months. Um, And. I mean, do you interpret this as still a kind of an unwinding of all the funny money that was printed and is sloshing around? This is what is sustaining the positive market performance, the NASDAQ, uh, Dow, S&P? Yes, I do. Um, I think that if it wasn't for stimulus spending on the fiscal side, you know, government spending money and sending it directly into the economy, we'd be uh, – in a lot worse shape. Um, But at the same time, you know, all of that government spending, fiscal spending is creating um, 
wage inflation, and that's a problem. Um, I think if you if you listen to Powell when he was out from Jackson Hole, you know the first line of his speech, much like a great novel, first lines kind of tell you where you're going. That the Fed's job is to bring inflation down to the two percent target, uh, and they are determined to do so. Um, that's the number one goal of the Fed, and the only way that they can do that is raise interest rates. It's a very blunt tool, right? And it hurts um, the average household, and it hurts the majority of businesses, the small businesses in this country. So it doesn't feel very good for the majority of people that are out there. Are we going to see another rate hike before the year's out? If we take Powell at his word, Dan, um, yes, I think we will. And the reason for that is that, you know, if you look at the core components of inflation after, of course, all these supply disruptions. Um, it's demand, right? So there's there's a demand for labor. And if you have a demand and your supply is not going up, then you have to pay up for it, right? So the Atlanta Fed, one of the regional Fed banking uh, system banks, uh, shows wage growth at 6%, right? 6%. They also have GDP rising in the third quarter at 5.9. So, you know, if you've got wages growing faster than inflation and, and government spending growing faster than the economy, you're going to inflate. And the target is two. And right now, if you look at the numbers that we got yesterday, the major uh, focus of the Fed is this core personal consumer expenditures number, which sounds kind of complicated but isn't. But you know, it, it came in at four point two percent yesterday, right? And that's a that's a long way from two. I think the easy the easy reductions have been put into place and from here on out it's gonna get tough to get inflation down to target. Six percent GDP growth. I mean that's that's yeah. uh that's a that's a boomlet. I mean what with all this talk of stagflation is by the boards, I mean the economy's booming. Well, you know, it's when you look at when you look at output it's nominal, right? So that means inflation's in there too. So retail sales, they're, they went up 1% in July. That was a number that just came out as well. Um, I would say three quarters of that is price increases, right? And, and GDP at 5.9%, arguably, three quarters of that is inflation too, right? So the government likes inflation, right? And and Wall Street likes inflation. Corporate America likes inflation, but they don't like higher interest rates. So slowly but surely, these higher rate hikes are going to slow things down, and they're going to have to keep hiking to get inflation down to this 2% level, which is a long way away. What's it like in Europe? Are they suffering the same high inflation rates? Oh, yeah, Amy, they are. I mean, it, it's worse. Uh, the, the biggest issue over there last year was, was energy. Um, but, you know, if you look at the UK, you look at France, you look at Germany, the, the real larger Italy, um, inflation is running at 7% and 8% and 9%. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the average household is really, really getting hammered. I, I mean, I love this. It's slower, right? I, I love this quote that you pulled from Paul Powell's comments in Jackson Hole uh, last Friday. We're navigating by the stars under cloudy skies. 
Boy, that sounds like a real hard-headed, uh, you know, e- economics-based uh, strategy for monetary policy. He see, he sounds like as mystical as I always uh, characterize him as being. I mean, we might as well go to the Oracle of Delphi and ask where <laughs> rates should be. I know. He, he almost sounds like an artist or somebody sitting around a campfire singing Kumbaya, you know? I mean, it's, it's you don't expect that from a Fed chairman. And I, and, and I find it... Uh, almost insulting really that he's talking about starry skies and this is like a, a van gogh painting or something. yeah well right yeah well i mean it's a lot more serious than that well right i mean it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence and yet uh, as, as you say in this inflationary environment um uh, returns uh, uh it provides good returns for equity holders and their 401ks and so Everything is hunky-dory until it isn't. Interestingly, looking at your newsletter, um, you're not exactly bullish on equities based on what I see in your, uh, your capital portfolio. That's correct, and I, and I think it's very important for your listeners to kind of make the distinction here about this economic growth. You know, little boomlet, 5.9 is one thing, but, you know, then you got to figure out where it's coming from. And I also wrote a week before last about this new political subsidy economy. And this is, this is probably the, the key issue that everybody needs to understand. You know, I mean, small businesses are having trouble and manufacturing is going down and small business uh, confidence is, is falling again. Um, manufacturing wages are going down. So it's really, it doesn't feel very good. But, you know, when you've got, the government handing out subsidies to their pet projects, which is, you know, conversion from oil and gas and electronic uh, charging stations and uh, solar panels and uh, electric vehicles and all this sort of stuff. I, I saw this morning that the U.S. Department of Energy gave a company a, a big billion-dollar loan uh, last night. And it that's coming from the government has already been legislatively approved, right? So the biggest problem is it, it's a fiscal deficit spending story, which is really, in the long term, this is this is a problem. The money is coming into the economy at certain spots from the government, and honestly, if you know, I was the president and I wanted to get reelected in November, or if at least I was somebody that was running the Democratic Party, I would try to front load all this spending as well. So I think I think you're going to see a lot more fiscal stimulus between now and sort of 12 months from now. Uh, I don't think it's going to trickle down to the broad economy, but I think that it's going to continue to keep wage inflation higher and some of these GDP numbers sort of almost artificially elevated. Yeah, we were going to be doing what the Chinese communists do, essentially, on a yeah, smaller exactly. scale. So, yeah, so, is, so, is... so, when if that continues as you project, then uh, when do you think we pay the piper, or is it just sort of unknowable at this point? At this point, well, timing's everything in life, right? Um, but the problem is that the the trend that produces an economy that is not productively growing, you know, it means lower income growth, lower future productivity, higher spending on non-productive things like paying interest on your deficits. 
you know, and even creating jobs that aren't terribly productive, right? Um, so the thing is that if they want to push this stock market's great, GDP's great, employment's great story, maybe everybody believes it for a while, even though they don't feel it. But at some point, something has to give. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the dollar with these uh, these BRIC countries, right? Brazil, Russia, uh, India, and China. They've got a big meeting down in South Africa. And everybody's nervous about the dollar because of these guys. And I, I say, but, you know, that's the enemy outside. Worry about the enemy within, you know? The mm-hmm. enemy within is this government spending too much money on non-productive things to make the economy look better than it is and creating inflation. And if that's going to keep going, you know, the dollar, you don't have to worry about China and Russia and Brazil very much with the dollar, but you sure have to worry about it when it comes to government spending, non-productive government spending that's creating inflation. He is James Perry, founder, CIO, Perry International Capital Partners, LLC. Jim, thank you as always. Appreciate it. Dan, thank you. Have a good weekend. Amy, thank you. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. This is Chicago's Morning Answer. Your show keeps me alive during the week. There's nobody I'd rather listen to between 5 and 9 in the morning than you guys. On AM 560, The Answer. There is a place in northern Illinois that people have come from all around the globe seeking treasure. It's amazing. I didn't know what to expect, but when I got there, I was surrounded by all kinds of gold and silver. An actual place 